Pete Callender Show. I'm the Pete Callender of the show. And uh, you can join in the discussion if you'd like at 704-570-1110, 1-800-WBT-1110. I'm also on email, Pete at the Pete Callender Show.com and on the Twitter machine at Pete Callender. And um, was, actually, I'm having a running argument right now with, uh, what's this fellow's name? Kendrick Cunningham, who is, according to his bio, political rock star and president of the Mecklenburg Young Democrats and a candidate for the Charlotte City Council District 3. Not sure if he's running right now or not. Um, But he sent out a tweet about this redistricting committee, and he said that Charlotte Republicans are so hell-bent on maintaining power. (laughs) Uh, Republicans maintaining power, are they? With their two out of 11 seats. Um, They're so hell-bent on maintaining power that they are willing to continue to perpetuate patterns of housing segregation and split the voting block of black working family communities during 2020 redistricting just so District 6 and 7 stay red. Okay, so this is in line with what City Councilman uh, Braxton Winston I always want to say his name backwards. I don't know why. But Braxton Winston was arguing as well. And he drew up some maps on his own. He got some maps, too. So I'm going to get to that as well. He had a a couple of maps, but only one of them actually made it into the committee, which I would submit is completely inappropriate. Completely inappropriate. You don't get to do that. Because if you're going to set all the rules ahead of time with the full city council, then them's the rules, right? You don't get to then show up to the committee that you're not a member of and start trying to change the rules. But what do I know? I'm just a radio guy. Um, So the fight between Councilman Graham and Councilman Driggs over this vote to change the criteria, which, like, if what Driggs is saying is accurate, like, that's not appropriate either. Did they change the criteria after the council said this is what the criteria should be? Like, that doesn't seem cool. Anyway, so they're on this TV show called Flashpoint over the weekend on WCNC, and um, which is the NBC affiliate. And um, they go to break, and then they return, and they resume the fight. They resume their their argument. Here's Ed Drake. And so the vote was taken on partisan provisions of our criteria when the Republican member of the committee was not there yet, but was coming. It was done early in the meeting. I was there for a good portion of the meeting, and the chair characterized the vote as unanimous several times because it was taken when I wasn't there. Mm. Uh, and and it, I do agree that this doesn't compare, uh, is not analogous to the actions Republicans took elsewhere, because I think there is a way forward, a smooth way forward, that we could have accomplished without the step of removing these criteria. And uh, all that does is it shines a light on the question. Uh, the District 6, which is Mr. Bokhari's district, is I would describe as a purple district mm-hmm. in the sense that we now have a Democrat serving on the Board of County Commissioners there. And it is very much in play. It is certainly very competitive. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of sensitivity on this subject. And I think to sort of shine a light on the question with this uh, really unnecessary action of removing those provisions made things more difficult for us. I don't think the outcome will be affected much, frankly. I think it would have been fine if we'd left those things in. 
again. But this has now highlighted the subject. And Mr. Graham, this is what you do in council meetings, too. You sit there smiling and sneering broadly when people oh. speak and say something you don't like. It's a very discourteous way to behave. I would appreciate it if you'd refrain from it. Well, Mr. Drake. Oh, my gosh. All right. So now he's he's sitting there. He's attacking Graham for smiling. And he was. Graham was smiling, and Driggs didn't appreciate it. And so now it's gotten to this level. Here we go. Let's say this. I wish you would express all those points at the committee meeting. You expressed none. Uh, we, we, we introduced to you when you walked in onto the screen exactly what we did, and you had no comment at all. So I'm- I said I wish that we I hoped that we would try to rep- respect uh-huh. the fact that bipartisan representation on a body is better. I acknowledge that the numbers are such, as I am now, that the numbers were such that we would probably end up in the same place, but I didn't appreciate it. I'd just come from a procedure at a doctor's office and I was ambushed at that meeting. No, you were Why not. did you hold the vote before I got there? Why did you hold the vote before I got there, Mr. Graham? Answer that question. I was going to be at the meeting, the only Republican who was going to be at the meeting, and you held the vote before I got there. It was the first item on the agenda, Mr. Drake. And Mr. Chair, you had the absolute discretion to change the sequence of the meeting. It was within your authority in order to have a representative of the other party there when the vote was taken on partisan issues related to redistricting. Mr. Driggs, it is slippery. First, it was not slippery, and we told you exactly what we did and why we did it, and you said nothing, not a word. Not oh, a word, right. Mr. Drake. You know that. Not a word. So I'm, I'm, I, I'm, I said I'm, exactly what I just told you. I said no, it's not, on the record. No, 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 you did not, sir. All right. Is there a video of this meeting? Can we not see? Did he say these things or not? And look, Driggs is correct that you can, as the chair, you can rearrange the agenda of the meeting like you can say all right we'll wait we'll wait to vote until driggs gets here right you can do that but and and i don't know if he would have voted for it or against it or like i said he may have been able to convince uh greg phipps to vote with him on it and keep the the partisan affiliation data in i don't know um here's how the argument this is the last brief clip from that sunday show here's how it ended though Mr. Graham, you have nine members. You don't have a need to pull stunts like this. What are you afraid of? What are you afraid of that would make you do something like this? You're factually incorrect on a lot of the things that you're saying here today. I'm not afraid of anything. I'm not disrespecting you at all. I just basically said on three different occasions, it is my goal to produce um, a map that remains and keeps the status quo in play. It was not transparent or fair to hold that vote when I wasn't there. Because it was the first on the Mr. Drake, you're not being you're just being disingenuous, like your colleague, right? Because you're really being disingenuous in terms of how that meeting ha- happened, and 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 your presence or your absence. All right. So you hear there, Councilman Graham says that the goal is to keep the status. His goal has been to keep the status quo in place. You're going to start hearing some different language. I've been. I'm now hearing different language being used to discuss what exactly is going to happen, okay? Because Graham keeps saying that the partisan data was removed as a criteria, but it was not removed as a goal. So they still have the same goal, which is what? Two Republican districts. And by the way, that is too many for folks like uh, this fella Kendrick Cunningham. The thing you always need to keep in mind when politicians are drawing district lines, and this goes for both parties, right? That if they can draw lines 
that block their opponent from winning any seats whatsoever, they'll do so. They'll, they'll try to do so. It's much better to have complete control over the body. And so I suspect that's what the intent here is. That's the game, right? It's an inherently political process. And people I hear, they're going to say, oh, well, we need an independent redistricting. That's going to solve it. Hey, I used to believe the same thing. I don't think you can create an apolitical, independent, nonpartisan redistricting committee. I don't think it's possible. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. Here's an email that I got from Dean to Pete at thepetecalendarshow.com. Subject, voting. Pete, if you live in a district, you have one vote. It's actually not true. I'll come back to that, though. He says you have one vote. Vote for who is best for you. Republicans or Democrats are just the coaches. I don't know what that means. The voters have to play the game. Move on to something more important, like white woman syndrome. Thanks, Dean. Uh, I don't believe I will, Dean. Thank you very much. I think you are being a bit naive here. Uh, First off, uh, if you live in a district, you actually get to vote in the at-large races uh, as well. So you get four votes there, unless you want a single shot, right, or a double shot, something like that, if you want to... Uh, try to do something like that as part of a coordinated effort. They're very hard to pull off. But there are four seats, so you get four votes for city council at large, and then you get your one district seat. So you get a total of five votes, just just for the record. Um, vote for who is best for you. See, this is the, well, just shut up and take it. This is what he's saying. This is essentially what Dean is saying. Just vote for who's best for you. Okay. And if I'm in a district, and by the way, Most of my life, I have lived in districts where the people I vote for lose. Okay? like And that has been the case for probably most of the people I vote for, for most of the going on now, what, 30 years that I've been voting. I haven't voted for a major party president ever. (laughs) So I'm not sure... Uh, like I've so no presidential candidate I've ever picked ever uh, wins. Um, I vote for people in the Republican primary, presidential primary, and they've never won. Um, I get stuck in districts in Charlotte with Democrat uh, members, and well, I take it back. I think years ago, I did vote for Warren Turner. I voted for Warren Turner. He got my vote, and um, for city council. School board, county commission. No, I I don't ever get, I'm never, I've never lived in areas in districts where I get to vote. And see, this is the point. So Dean, to Dean's point, he's just saying, well, Pete, just shut up and take it. And, uh, you know, who who cares if the people you vote for don't ever get to win? And this is why I said earlier, this is important because if I wanted to go serve on a board or commission of some kind, if I wanted to do a you know an advisory task force to the city council, I would have to get an appointment. How do I get an appointment? Well, I go through my district representative. Or I guess I could try to get one from an at-large representative, but they're all Democrats. How many of them are going to put a Republican on an advisory task force? Very, very few. In very rare circumstances, I would submit. And I'm not saying that they would rule me out simply because uh, I'm not a Democrat. 
I'm registered unaffiliated, so I might have a shot if I didn't do what I do for a living. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, I mean, they, they may consider an unaffiliated, but the, the, the hurdle is going to be much higher if I'm not of their party. Or I'm, I'm going to have to be somebody that they are comfortable with that I'll play ball, right? That, I'll, that, that, that I will be a part of this task force and I will give them sort of, uh, I will be a part of the process that will lead to a certain conclusion that they'll be comfortable with. So that's why this stuff matters. And the only people who would tell me in a case like this, and I don't know what Dean's politics are, but I can kind of guess based on, again, I'm not trying to assume, you know, his motive here. I'm not trying to, uh, you know, I try to give him the benefit of the doubt. But when you tell me that the voters have to play the game and the Republicans or Democrats are the just the coaches, like, first off, I don't even understand that analogy because there are representatives. We put them on those bodies to play the game. They're not the coaches. They're not my coach. We put them in place. I mean, it's just, it's a complete, it's a, it's a completely incongruous analogy. It just doesn't make any sense. Um, and then of course you get the programming director here. Who's like, he wants me to move on to more important subjects. And I think this was his attempt at the white woman syndrome. This was his attempt at a joke because we were talking about, uh, uh, older, progressive females that are oh, they're pretty awful uh well i mean they kind of are i mean like they're directing a lot of the they direct a lot of this stuff a lot of this policy and it's like it's just rooted in like like nonsense okay uh so i think that's what he wants me to focus on uh because he doesn't want me to focus anymore on the redistricting stuff for some reason i i, I could never guess why News Talk 1110-993-WBT. All right, so back to the uh, the redistricting committee, because after this, um, and I've only got one other clip to play from the uh, from uh, Braxton Winston, the councilman, from the committee meeting itself, but there was a press conference that they did afterwards, and one of the things I keep hearing City Councilman Malcolm Graham say is that the partisan data, partisan affiliation data point, that's been removed as a criteria, but it was never removed as a goal, right? That they're still going to try to keep the status quo in place. It's what he said to Driggs. It's what he said on Flashpoint. But I'm not so sure that that was the original or the dominant narrative being advanced up until like yesterday. And so I went back and I listened to the press conference that was held last week. So this is, by the way, one of the things about journalism is, and not that I'm a journalist, I'm a talk show host, but one of the things about journalism is uh, keeping a record, right? So this way you can know if somebody has started to change their narrative or their opinion or whatever when things change. The institutional knowledge is so important when you are trying to cover stories. The longer you've been around, the more you know just from being around. So... uh when I watched the news conference yesterday morning and I hear this phrase uh, that, okay, we're, we may have removed it as a criteria, but it was never removed from our hearts. No, I'm kidding. But it was never removed as a goal. We're, it's still our goal. So I went back and listened to this question and answer portion of the last news conference 
when Malcolm Graham was talking about something very similar. We're not um, facts oh, we and figures on the ground. And so there's no pre uh, determination what District 2 is going to look like. There's no predetermination what District 6 is going to look like. We're going to take our time and mm-hmm. re- re- review the results when they come in. Uh, we also are going to talk to uh, all our district com- council members uh, to talk specifically about um, things in the districts that are important to them. Uh, and then we will sit down and, and draw the maps accordingly. And so there's no predetermination whether we're going to try to keep a um, uh, specific districts. Obviously, the spirit of what we want to do, right, while we remove those two language, because we believe, I believe, and the committee agreed by a unanimous vote that um, we want to p- provide realistic expectations not only to the community, but also to uh, the council as well. Uh, as you know, Mecklenburg County is really, really blue, right? Um, we have nine members uh, on city councils that are Democrats, two Republican. The county commission is all Democrats, and the state delegation, I think, has maybe one uh, Republican member out of about 18, 19, 20. And so, uh, again, I, I think that lets you know how this is going to play out. Uh, obviously, it would be great to have a partisan balance. I think that's really important. Um, the, um, the goal is not to have nine two. The goal is just to draw the the numbers, uh, um, to draw the city and the map according to the data. And I think, you know, just by knowing the numbers uh, as I do, and I think we've talked about this as well. Um, there's certain to be a Republican district for sure. District seven um, doesn't have to have any changes at all. It's right at one twenty four thousand. Uh, district six uh, will probably um, anecdotally probably be a toss up based on the numbers, but that has to be. Um, bear out by the facts and the data. And, and so that's what we're going to do. We're going to allow the um, the city um, planning, uh, Mr. McCauley, to do their jobs and make their recommendations to us. Uh, and so we'll follow their recommendations. All right. So what does he say there? He doesn't say that they're going to uh, keep as a goal to keep the status quo in place. And we're going to try to keep these districts um to, you know, for two Republicans. That's not, he didn't say that last week. He was saying we're going to draw it according to the data. And he says, you know, now anecdotally, I think it'll be a toss-up. It's a toss-up district. And I guess District 6 kind of still is a toss-up. But it, it, it was a, it, there is definitely a, uh, there's a, there's a, a calcification of the position. There's a hardening of the narrative going on right now, which has shifted. Now, why is that the case? Well, Councilman Tark Bakari went on to the Twitter, and he says that the chairman of the Charlotte Redistricting Committee got his hand caught in the cookie jar gerrymandering when I made the public aware that he deleted a criteria to suppress Republican votes. That pressure produced map options that thankfully included that criteria today. Um, Malcolm Graham uh, disputes that he says that's not uh, that's not true. <laughs> and uh, uh, let's see, was it the Observer story? It's probably in the Observer story about it. But anyway, so there were these four maps that get promo- uh, uh, get uh, produced, and uh, they get presented to the committee yesterday. Now, three of them were produced and presented by the consultant that's doing the maps for the city council committee. The fourth map, map D. So you got maps A, B, and C that came from Mac McCarley and uh, the uh, park, the uh, partner at Parker Poe Law Firm. They're doing the uh, the map drawing and such. They're the consultant, 
and uh, McCarley is a former city attorney here in Charlotte. And the fourth map, map D, is also presented. And I don't understand why this map is being presented, because it doesn't meet the criteria that the city council instructed the committee to use. Why is this part of the presentation? Why does this map get included? Well, this is one of Braxton Winston's maps. And he wanted it presented. He wanted people to see his maps. He made like three different maps because he wants to break up all the racist uh, city council districts, which he thinks if you, I guess, use the transit corridors or something, that was one of their ideas, use the transit corridors, which, by the way, like, this is, I actually have, I do have a soundbite on this, I believe. Let me see here. Do, do, do. Yeah, I have, yeah, I've got Braxton Winston and the response from Mac McCarley. Uh, and I do agree that the housing patterns in Charlotte do follow racist, segregated lines, right? It does. And I could tell you personally about this because the first house I bought in Charlotte back in 2005 was off of Eastway Drive. And right at the little five points there, Shamrock and Eastway. And I bought a house over there and I fixed it up and uh, I sold it several years later. And of course, now it's worth like $7 million or something. I don't even know. But it, 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 I, I was astounded the last time I saw the price of it. I bought it for like $85,000 or something. So the, uh, the deed on that house says that there shall not be any, I think the term that used was colored people. It's in the deed because it was when we were going over at the closing, the lawyer pointed to it and he says, no, obviously this is not enforceable, but this is part of the deed as well. And he showed me the language. I was like, wow, can't believe that's there. It says you cannot, uh, it cannot sell it or nor can it be occupied. This was, I guess this was what uh, would have been the old country club area of Charlotte, right? That's what that, uh, that whole area now is known as. Um, and so the, um, and no, it, I did not get a country club membership with my $85,000 house. <laughs> I was closer to Eastway Drive than the country club. But um, no, I, so I understand that. And the, the districts are drawn based on housing patterns because this gets into the communities of interest I've been talking about. And the communities of interest, this criteria is used by the left in order to create districts that they can win. And if you try to argue, oh, well, wait a minute, this is a similar community of interest over here. Like, this is the South Park area. Like, oh, no, no, that's racist. News Talk 1110-993-WBT talking about this redistricting committee meeting that the Charlotte City Council uh, had yesterday. Some of the maps that they came out, they got three maps that came out of the committee. There was a fourth one that was uh, presented I'll get to that in a minute. Uh, let me bounce over here to George first and get George on. Hello, George. Welcome to the show. How are you? Hey, Pete. Hey. Uh, listen, I wanted to thank you for being on this topic. I'm an older guy, and I live in Mooresville, so it's not directly related to me, but as you know, Mecklenburg County is the 800-pound gorilla yeah. that affects us all. But the main point I want to make is that the only way people – of modest means can have influences at the local level. Yeah. And we get so distracted with national politics 
And, you know, those, those people don't even remember our name, don't even remember us except every two years or four years or six years when it's time to vote. So what you're talking about is extremely important. I think it's where average people can re-engage and have an influence. And I do think it's a grassroots, you know, Tip O'Neill, all politics is local. Yeah. I think from the grass up, uh, we can affect some changes that uh, will be beneficial. Right. This is one of the, uh, not to go down the rabbit hole of critical race theory, but this is why one of the uh, the recommendations from people who are fighting this, what do they always say? Get involved in your local school district, right. your local school right. board races, because they're so vital. Yep. Yeah. I appreciate yeah. it, George. Thanks, man. Thanks, Pete. All right, take care. Um, read this. This is funny. So this is the Charlotte Observer's uh, story on this. They start off by saying the Charlotte City Council Committee on Redistricting has released three council district maps for public review, each with various changes that would shape local elections over the next decade. So, again, keep that in mind. This is for the next 10 years. One of the three proposals poses a potential threat to Republicans. If approved... The map would degrade the party's grip on the southern wedge of the city. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a grip they've got? Really? Interesting. A grip on the southern wedge. It's the southeastern wedge. Let's be clear. It's just one little sliver down in the bottom right-hand side. Right? That's the, that's the wedge. It's been like that for a very, very, very long time. And uh, I do think, let let me just bounce down, because they do mention, this is a story by Will Wright. He does mention down at the bottom here uh, of the first page uh, that the two Republican-controlled districts, 6 and 7, are both in the southern wedge of the city. They are substantially more white than the other five districts, and both have over 30% Republican registration. So that's the grip, 30%. That's the grip. In District 6... 30.7% are Republican. 30.7, okay? 31.2 are Democrats. So there are actually more registered Democrats in District 6 than there are registered Republicans. And this is the grip that Republicans have over District 6. I mean, this is truly evil kind of stuff, don't you think? If you're able to, with a minority voter population, you're able to... Maintain a grip over over the wedge. 38% are unaffiliated or belong to other parties. Now, District 7 is more Republican. But because they said we don't want to change District 7's lines, that means they can't move any of the Republicans over into District 6. And there are some to give because District 7 is about 33% Republican. 27% Democrat, 40% unaffiliated. By the way, this is something that has been happening uh, uh, in the Republican Party for a while, which is people have become, uh, they've been registering unaffiliated. And it's not, it's not like, oh, I hate Trump and I'm a country club rhino Republican or something. And so they're going to, I mean, there are some of those, don't get me wrong. And they're, you know, tearing up their voter card. I'm not, or I guess their Republican card. They're like, I don't want to be a Republican with Trump. Like there are those people, don't get me wrong. There are also a bunch of people that are very, very pro-Trump, and they're mad at the Republican Party because it's not sufficiently pro-Trump, and they're leaving the Republican Party, too. Now, what does that mean? They become unaffiliated. Does that mean, though, that they vote Democrat? 
No, it doesn't. It just means they're registered unaffiliated. So this is this is why a lot of this stuff is uh, more art than science, especially if you're not going to use the modeling programs that exist, like the guy uh, for the Republican Party did at the state level. That was then you know deemed to be completely outrageous because he used computers to figure out the optimal way to create districts that ensured as many Republican districts as possible. This was the, uh, like the gerrymandering. This is what they got sued over uh, repeatedly. Hofstetler, is that what his name? I'm drawing a blank. I'm I'm, I'm misremembering his name. He passed away several years ago. And then his, well, I don't want to get into the family dynamics. I did all of that years ago. What doesn't matter now. Point is that uh, he perfected the map drawing for the Republicans at the state level. And, uh, helped lead them to their super majorities. And Democrats hate him for it. They hate the Republicans for it. Because, again, you always got to keep in mind, fair maps mean Democrats win. That Those are fair maps. And that's what, you, if you walk into this city council redistricting process with that idea in your mind, a lot of this stuff now starts to make sense, right? Like, why would a 9-2 to two council majority seek to squeeze District 6 that's already a majority Democrat district. It is. There are more dim, there are more Democrats in District 6 by registration than there are Republicans. But District 6 keeps going for Tark Bakari, and they don't like Tark Bakari. Okay, like that we need to put that out there too. Like the city council, Malcolm Graham, like they don't like Tark Bakari a whole heck of a lot, right? A lot of Democrats, they don't like him a lot. <laughs> now some do. I shouldn't say all of them, but Malcolm Graham and Tark, I guess, do not get along from what I've been able to piece together here. Um, 31% Democrats, 31.2 versus 30.7 Republicans in District 6. So why would you need to change the district lines to such an extent to make sure Republicans don't carry that seat? Because you want a 10 to 1 majority. Because it's never enough. It's just more, more, more. Like Credence told us, you know? Um. Draft Plan B presented Wednesday would change the partisan makeup of District 6 only slightly, increasing the percentage of Republicans by 0.4% and the percentage of Democrats by 0.5%. So again, so Republicans still going to be a minority party in District 6 under Plan B. Plans A and C would be more consequential. Plan A increases the percentage of Democrats by over 1%, and it decreases the percentage of Republicans by almost the same amount. Plan C would decrease Democratic representation by 1.5% and increase Republican representation by 1.2%. So Plan C ain't going to (laughs) pass. The committee did not discuss the proposed changes to each district's racial makeup. News is next.